I uh, I bought something technolo- technologically related. Oh boy, <laughs> this is going well already. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Dan? Um, it's going great. It's going great. Uh, I bought a, a new uh, uh, backup battery charging thing for my phones because so I have one that's uh, a few years old and it's perfectly fine. Um, but we were uh, we were planning ahead. So this past week, uh, my wife and I went to um, uh, Universal Studios Orlando, and her phone died by the end of the night. And we were planning ahead for our next trip in, in April to Disney World. And we're like, well, we should get we should get another battery. So we each have one. Uh, and so it happened that the wire cutters pick, the Jackery Bolt, was on sale for like five bucks off or something. So I bought one. I think the most intriguing thing to me about this is it's one of the ones that has the built-in cables. So they're like these little flexible oh, yeah, cables right. along the side that you can mm-hmm. pull out. Um, and so I'm always nervous about those. I am what that I'm going to at some point I'm going to get the message that says this device is not like a- Apple devices seem pretty picky about what you connect to them. Sometimes the good news is this also has a USB a stand just a normal USB a port on it. So you could just plug in a normal cable of any variety too. But that's nice yeah. if you forget a cable or you don't have one or your cable breaks or whatever. It's nice that it's included there. Have you considered just duct taping mm-hmm. a cable to the battery? I think yeah. it's less compact that way. Hot glue. Uh, yeah, glue. It's glue answers all, mm-hmm. all questions. I didn't even bother bringing my, uh, my own backup battery when we were in Universal Studios. And the, uh, the 11 Pro was a champ. Like, and, I, and this is something that I did not, I think might be an iOS 13 change. Used to be you could not activate low battery mode until you were below like 80%, but now you can just turn it on whenever. Uh, so I I turned it on first thing in the morning when I was at 100, and I still had like 30, 35% after a full day at the amusement park, uh, you know, mm. all the way to like 10 o'clock at night or something. So, so, so why not just buy her a new phone? Clearly, you should have done that. <laughs> her phone is new. <laughs> she, bought, uh, she bought an 8 like uh, last summer, so, you know. She just uses it more. I don't know. <laughs> She's going to be sorry when the nine comes out in a few months. That's right. The SE four <laughs> nine, whatever they're calling it. I think it should be the nine. Personally, it seems you, you just don't should... want it called the SE two because then you'll feel well. Sad. It's not an SE. I mean, it's not an SE. Guys, so guys, it should not be called the SE. Obviously, it should be called the SE slash thirty. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the SE FD HD. Oh, I can't wait till uh, you know what. I can't wait till the iPhone 9 comes out because then maybe John will stop talking about it. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> well, then what will I talk about? I'll have nothing to talk about. That's I'll talk fair. about my new iPhone 9 as That's well. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. No, I've been had both ways. <laughs> That's right. And like I've said before, I will talk about it until whatever, this, this, this new small one that comes out in the fall, and then I'll have to buy that. And you'll have to buy that. But Yeah, they so uh, the one of these you know companies i think that gets information from the case makers apparently leaked some uh dimensions for the iphone 9 um so it's gonna i guess it's gonna be slightly thicker than the 8 0.5 millimeters oh, thicker than the iphone fuck 8. that um, i'm out but the but the side the other size will be identical 
I got that to look forward to. Not only will it be bigger than this phone, but <laughs> point, but it will be bigger than me, the other the phone zero. that I find too big. <laughs> well, I bought myself a month or so ago. I bought a forty-nine inch television LCD television because I think I went into it before. But anyway, it was the only one that would fit in my twenty-year-old TV cabinet, and I thought. And all the OLED screens started at 55 inches. So I was like, right, fine. I'll just buy the LCD because it fits and I'm not changing this cabinet. And <laughs> uh, today, LG introduced a 48-inch <laughs> OLED. <laughs> Everybody, it's safe. James has made his purchase. That's right. Roll it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel your pain. You're like me for, for Macs. You know, I always buy... <laughs> Always buy a Mac right before they introduce. Yeah, I used to do that, but I've really like now. I just I keep them so long. That's what will happen this year, though. Right, I'll break down and buy a MacBook Air, and then they'll introduce like an an ARM MacBook, and I'll curse and stomp Mm -hmm. my feet and all that good stuff. Yeah, you're yeah you're on the you're in you're in a almost between a rock and a hard place, right? I am, I am. There's literally a rock crushing me to death right now. (laughs) It's the rock, Mm. in fact. Hi, Dwayne. How you doing? (laughs) Well, that's you know. You can't really complain about that. If I have to go, this is the way to go. Yeah, sure. I know. That's that's on my list. So it's that most wonderful time of year. It's CES season. Woo, CES. <laughs> we are coming to you live from the CES it's show Prime floor. Day. Yeah, I'm glad that you made us all come to CES for this episode. Well, what happens in Vegas gets podcasted and broadcast around the world. <laughs> Uh, I am so happy. Uh, one of the uh, radio segments I do regularly, they're like, you're not at CS this year, are you? And I always want to write back like, thank fuck no. Yeah, <laughs> I went twice, well, and that was something once, I'm, I'm, once too yeah. many. <laughs> not interested in in any way, shape, or form. It was awful. I've been to Vegas once, and I, I don't really even need to go back yeah. to Vegas particularly. Um, and I certainly don't need to go there when CES is happening. Yeah, I think I've been to Vegas about three times. For, well, I guess four times, including my two CES trips. And uh, yeah, I uh, once the first time I went, I think the first time I went yeah. with my friends on a road trip and I won, uh, you know, 25 bucks at Blackjack. I should have just driven out of town and never looked back. <laughs> yeah. I win. <laughs> I, I noticed that somebody has made a um, charging stand that has a has this hole in the middle. It's a donut shaped charging stand so for people <laughs> yes. who have the pop top. Was that is it made called? by the pop socket people? Because if so, that's pop that's brilliant. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Um, the the best thing I, I saw know. was the um, the Samsung forty three inch TV that rotates vertically, um, oh, so you can watch TikTok videos. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's motorized well yeah you're not gonna buy an expensive tv and fucking rotate it yourself <laughs> come on what? this is technology we're talking about here oh, yeah. it is by the it's called pop power is the is that charging stand um made by and, it's uh, made by your dad man. lex would have laughed even at that lex one is, lex, lex would have laughed at that. the podcast lex is on the podcast well, we all know that you can dub him in afterwards <laughs> I actually have a bunch of laughs from him on a different show. I'll just drop them in. <laughs> the the only thing that I saw that was actually of interest is that my now discontinued LG television uh, is going to get an Apple TV Plus app, mm. <laughs> which might make it actually easier to watch Apple TV Plus content than having to wade through the stupid Apple TV normal app, which mixes in a hundred things I'm not interested in. Yeah, yeah. 
I find I find that a little bit annoying. I mean, I can always find it, but it's it is kind of like too busy. Like it would be a lot easier if it was just like I mean, because I I usually don't watch. I haven't gotten into the habit of going to the TV app to watch things that I know are not in the Apple ecosystem. So, like, if I want to watch something on Netflix, I go to the I go to the Netflix app. Well, yeah, well, I mean, Netflix know... isn't even in the TV app is the one. Yeah, okay. yeah. all right. Well, then that's you know, the one thing. Other, like other stuff, though. I, I will say mostly I do actually use the TV app because I find it a handy place to keep track of all that disparate stuff. And it annoys me when there is stuff like Netflix that's not in there. But yeah, I, I, I don't mind the TV app that much. It, it has some places it could be improved, but I like that it has that. Like, And especially in uh, the latest version of TVOS when they added the ability to change back to the... Um, if you put it in like the top row, it now shows you, once again, your shows rather than ads like that that to me is fine yeah i like that a lot the biggest failing there for me is that sometimes it doesn't update and like i have to force quit or restart the system in order to get it to like oh yeah sorry new shows here you go i don't mm-hmm. mind the app really but i would like there to be a separate apple tv plus app just so that if i know that i'm trying to find something on that i can go to that i will say my biggest annoyance recently um in the apple tv is I've been watching stuff on Epics, um, and I don't know why, but their app on both my iPad and on the Apple TV, uh, every two days or so, it logs me out. And I'll go in, and it will like dump me back to the splash screen where it's like, oh, sign up for an account, or and I have to do the restore iTunes purchase thing. And it's literally every other time I launch it. And it's just fucking annoying because I have to like go in and then it like prompts me to enter my Apple ID password and all that. And I was on the plane the other day and I had downloaded a bunch of stuff because it lets you download stuff for offline viewing. I was like, great. I'll watch this stuff on my flight Mm -hmm. back. I'm literally, (laughs) I'm literally on, they're like taxiing out to the runway. I fire it up and it's like, oh, you're logged out. You can't even get to your, like, oh, you don't have an internet connection. You can't get to your downloads. And I'm like, what the shit is this? And so I had to like, (laughs) tether to my phone as we're taxiing i'm like if i hope nobody sees me because i know this is bad <laughs> and i'm like quick just log in and then like then it showed me all my downloads and it was fine but i don't know why it cannot remember that <laughs> i have this stupid purchase the thing i had last night on the amazon app i've got the amazon app on my tv and i was trying to watch uh the inside llewellyn davis the coen brothers mm-hmm. film and the only audio track was the audio described track <laughs> And like, there's no no interface for changing the audio track or anything. And I've fired up the Apple TV and tried the Amazon app on that, and that let me change. And it revealed the fact that there was a a UK audio, uh, UK English audio track, and a US English audio track. And the UK one was the audio described one, and that's what the TV had decided that since I was in the UK, oh, the only thing I could, UK, yeah. The only thing I could possibly want is the audio description. Yeah, the British people need things described to them. That's what I'm taking away from that. It just really, they need everything spelled out. Well, I, I'm glad that I had, like, I have the Amazon app on about 15 devices because, you know, at least one of them I could switch the, the language. Just yeah. uh, wait till you get the Brexit audio track. It's very... Well, <laughs> do, too soon. Too soon? Don't, yes. All right, too soon. Uh, Dan, you use plex oh you both use plex right i yeah. do have you gotten in fact i used situation? to do you, plex do you ever the other use day. subtitles do you ever use subtitles in the plex uh yeah. not often it, because you need you usually need a separate file right 
Well, no, now, like, at least with the Pro, it finds them for you. Oh, really? Okay. With the subscription service, yeah. You can um, do it without and- the subscription. Because I do that, but you need a you need like a subtitle yeah. file that's included with the video usually. Yeah, but it you gets can, it for you though. You can also do that without a subscription. Oh, really? You have to set yes. up a bunch of yes. stuff. But I am cheap, right. and I also have subtitles automatically downloading. Mm. Yeah, um, but but occasionally when I'm watching a TV show for some reason, when I'm watching a series of TV show, you know, like watching a season, um, it will. I'll watch one and then go to the next one, and it starts the subtitles for the previous one uh, <laughs> i'm not sure exactly what's going on there but it doesn't clear that cache or something like that and so i'll be watching it and the subtitles will be i'll be like that's how the previous episode began. <laughs> it's the same episode I, just, I just turn the subtitles recycling off. recycling content it's fine i i will say mm-hmm. i as much as i like plex their recent move to add like a streaming service was super annoying just because i, I go there because i want to find very specific content and all of a sudden, it's like, maybe you want to watch one of these 100 mm. kind of random assortment of movies. Yeah. Well, at least in the US, you have 100. We have about 10. So I just, I, I why any, uh, I plex, you don't need to be a streaming service. There are enough streaming services. You do great at what you do. Keep on keeping right. on. I don't know. I, yeah. I find it. I make, and it makes me a little nervous as a, you know, I mean, I didn't pay much for their lifetime subscription, but it's like. If they're going to start getting into that and then like forgetting, forgetting who they are. Is it their lifetime or yours? <laughs> that's the question, right? The worst part is when they, uh, the Terminators start coming for you because they have, <laughs> John Moltz has overstayed his lifetime I membership. I think it's my shelf lifetime. <laughs> Your best buy. It's not my actual lifetime. When are, you best, just, when are you best buy? It's as, you know, as long as I am useful to Plex. <laughs> I think that light on the back of your hand has started blinking a long time mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> uh, if I survive Carousel, then I get a free subscription to everything. <laughs> Reference acknowledged. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, uh, you know, we'll get back to our TV talking stuff in a minute because that's important. That's what everybody's here for. But what they're also here for is to hear about our fantastic sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience, no matter how good your content or how effective your marketing. If your website's loading too slow, they're going to take off. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience. You can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, the device, the platform they use. You can identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations to deliver great performance to those who matter most, those being your visitors. And did we mention it's built for scalability? Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash sign up right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code REBOUND to check out to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the rebound. That's this show. That's this show. That's us. Hey, we're <laughs> famous. Us. Hey, <laughs> uh, I see that uh, the FBI once again wants Apple to unlock some iPhones. Anybody yep. want to lay some odds on how this shakes out? Badly. I hope they stick, you know, stick to their word and do what they did previously. 
That's well. I mean, some of it is that. That's all I can say. I mean, they've done, they've been asked this question before, and they've declined to do it. It's not so. just that they declined; they couldn't, right? Like, weren't they unable uh, to? Well, yeah. I mean, they right. They would have had to basically do something very bad <laughs> in order to allow that to happen. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, I they guess they would have had to. But like, even even retroactively, I wasn't sure that that was actually possible. I I don't know. I don't even know if that's physically possible for them to unlock a phone. Yeah uh that is that is encrypted um i think it's not and i think that's kind of the whole point Um, right i mean and and they did eventually in the previous case they did get it unlocked using uh, basically an israeli security firm which essentially was via some sort of vulnerability which has presumably been patched although i know there's kind of still an arms race there in terms of these security companies having ways to override or or like compromise the encryption and the the software so i assume something similar might happen in this case but i can't imagine how apple would would actually be able to do this i think the the point is trying to pressure them into saying that they will be able to do it going forward right that they would build something into future versions of the operating system which, that would allow this, which which was a matter of bad. yeah, which was a debate happening had sort of popped up again. I want to say at the end of last year, I remember seeing something about it in December, November, uh, that there was another you know people testifying before Congress about how why the companies should make backdoors. Essentially, I don't think that's it. Doesn't seem like it's likely to go anywhere, but we'll see. And these kinds of things do have a way of of bringing pressure to bear, but. It does seem like a real. Mm-hmm. The similar discussions happening in the UK, and I think did Australia, Australia. Actually vote for it? Yeah, I think, but I don't know what actually happened as a result. I, I think. don't think that anything has happened, at least as far as Apple goes. Um, I'm, I don't know if they're fighting it in the courts or whatever, but I don't think it's come to pass because that would have. I feel like we would have heard about that. Yeah, well, since the UK is such a bastion of sanity at the moment, <laughs> I'm sure nothing bad will happen from here. Seems reasonable. I mean, the U.S. Meanwhile, is doing so much better. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, 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 I flip open the news every morning to see if we're all still alive. <laughs> the news tells me I'm still alive. You'll be the first to know. Well, one of the first. Yeah. If I can't load the BBC News website, well, he gets up way earlier than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know. Give us a text if it turns out someday that we're not. Okay. <laughs> Maybe send us a message. <laughs> <laughs> got a message from James. Oh, no. <laughs> so I see we're all fil- full of enthusiasm and optimism in the new year. <laughs> I, you know, I had about 24 hours there where I'm, I was I'm feeling pretty good about things. I'm the iPhone 9. <laughs> <laughs> that is within the purview of this show, so that's allowed. <laughs> Just trying to bring it back. I don't know. So, yeah, we uh, 2020... Not much. Apple news doesn't really, um, there isn't really a major Apple news moment generally until March or so, I want to say. Like, well, since, yeah. since Macworld, the show went away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. There is a financial results uh, at the end of the month on the 28th. So that's something to look forward to. I did see uh, news about Tim Cook's salary or whatever making the rounds, as often happens yeah. when they file their end-of-year f- fiscal report. Uh, and then there's a shareholder meeting, I want to say, sometime in February as well, which is usually good for a couple laughs. 
I think there was there was a couple of things that probably have spun out of the 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 old Macworld show in that they happened twenty years ago. There was twenty years of the Mac.com email addresses and iTools oh. and all that. Um, I still have my Mac.com. Yeah, address. I still. That's when I. That's the one I use the most. The so. same. I actually found as I was cleaning out my office uh, the welcome to dot Mac pamphlet that has my activation key on it and everything. Did uh, it still work? <laughs> I mean, I activated it years ago, so presumably it's still... Well, I do, and I use my Mac.com address. That's like my primary email address still. I never did switch over to iCloud. I didn't like it as much. Yeah, I, they made all the, the Apple employees. They took the, the something Apple.com address and gave us all Mac.com Ooh. addresses. So mine... My, I'm, I was about to read out my email address. What, what an idiot I am. <laughs> and once it's out there, John and I have heard it, and there's no taking it back because this show definitely not edited. My email address, which I'm not going to read out, has a dot in it, which was uh, something that you couldn't get with the original Mac.com uh, addresses. So it was special for a oh, long really? time. Why was that? I wonder why that was. Just Steve Jobs didn't like them. I think... I think it was just because they used the Apple ones as a template and they decided that they weren't going to, I don't know. I don't know why they did it. The worst part is they also made him uh, change his password, which is now (laughs) 39XK. Damn it! (laughs) Um, It was also 20 years of Internet Explorer 5, I think. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. That brought back some memories for sure. There was a good story about how they made it look like Aqua before Aqua right. had been announced. I saw that. And yep. th- there was some uh, a pushback. Well, I think that it's like that nobody said anything to them because they couldn't say anything. But I had a story from the same time period in that I did, I was, for some reason, asked to design the Welcome to Macintosh screen for Mac OS X before it was Mac OS X. And I did this, well, it looked like the side of an iMac. So it had stripes, except I made them horizontal and everything was sort of glossy and lickable. And that lasted (laughs) one build internally until it was mysteriously all shut down uh, because uh, Aqua was being developed by someone uh, who under secrecy. But yeah, that was funny. Um, I have proof, which I will send the both of you. Oh, okay. Exclusive. (laughs) You heard it here only. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I did. I used. I don't think we've ever done that. uh, I used uh, IE five for a long time. It was kind of the only game in town when when yeah, really. I mean, if you wanted something that that had all the had all the latest stuff and worked well on a Mac and looked right. That was the thing to use. There wasn't really... There was a time there... I want to say, was it when OS X launched? Like, there wasn't really... Because Apple didn't have Safari yet at that yeah. point. And, like, there wasn't really another browser that even ran. Oh, it, I think you could run stuff in Classic, essentially. Yeah, I think it, you could run... Yeah. Uh, Netscape? Firefox? I know it wasn't even Firefox at that point, was it? Was it Mozilla? It was probably Mozilla. Uh, wait, but what, uh, what about OmniWeb? Oh, I never used OmniWeb. Yeah, I think you could run OmniWeb, which I ran a little bit, I think. But, like, that was the era, too, where, like, stuff was specifically designed for IE. So you had to, like, you know, a lot of cases you ended up using it anyway because stuff just looked right in it and didn't look right in other browsers. Mm-hmm. Mostly, mostly yeah. we've we've left that world, but... 
Good riddance. Yep. Yeah, there was a there was a really I mean a crazy sketchy rumor about Safari um switching oh, yeah. the rendering engine. That turned out to be it was discredited uh, though. Yeah. Right. Why I don't even understand the logic behind that. There was no Apple is so tied into WebKit. Why right. why would they change? Like that's their baby basically. I think it was just somebody being a jerk is what it was. I essentially, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the world can be summed up by that phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have my complaints with Safari, but, you know, overall, it's... I, I've never switched to Chrome because I just have different complaints with Chrome, and it's like, well, the devil you know, I suppose, in that case. I, but yeah. I, it's not like I find either of them, you know, hugely better. It's the fact that Safari has, you know, so much integration with the rest of the system and everything that it just makes life easier, but it's not without its flaws. But yeah, I don't, right. it's still, I use Chrome as a backup occasionally and for very specific sites that run better in it. Like um, when we do Roll20 stuff on TPK, I almost always use Chrome. Um, that's just, it. The, the, the gaming software works better there, I think. But yeah. six of one. Six of one, Baker's except. Do- Baker's dozen of the other. I, I'm more of an opera guy, actually. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> More iCab here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was, I was thinking iCab too, but yeah. yeah, every once in a while I set up like a, you know, Hank wants to see, you know, one of the old machines running and the web browser is always like a real problem. <laughs> and there's still, there are like a few old ones that are mildly updated for older operating, you know, very old operating systems, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of a mess. That part just does not work. Yeah. Right. Look guys, Lex isn't here this week, as we know. Uh, but wherever he is, I'm sure he looks great. And I can say that with some assurance because I, like Lex, have learned the virtue of a custom-made suit from our great friends over at Indochino. I wore a custom Indochino suit to my wedding last year. And let me tell you, I looked great. I felt great. It was a breeze. I went down to the showroom down in Boston here. They measured me. And a few weeks later, I had myself a custom suit. It's gray feels great has custom blue jacquard lining uh, and frankly i'm the envy of everyone around town so look with indochino it is all about you you get to choose from hundreds of high quality suit fabrics you get to pick that color you pick that pattern you pick the weight of suit you like the best and then you add all those personal touches uh including your lining your lapel a monogram if you want it it's all your choice no extra cost and frankly it's comfortable, comfortable as heck because it's made to your exact measurements. If you're looking for something to wear, uh, you know, in business or to a wedding, something like that. You could uh, obviously do no better than Indochino. They've got showrooms across North America, and they'll walk you through the process, or you can do it all at home at Indochino.com. Right now, listeners of this show get an extra $30 off any purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering code REBOUND at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Promo code REBOUND for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. They're high-quality custom suits for an off-the-rack price. Or, as we like to say around these parts, it's custom or bustum. Oh, I, I, I was going to say, I have been cleaning out my office very slowly and trying to eliminate some old tech stuff that I have found. Um, which has been an interesting trip down memory lane um, as I realize I have so much crap. But it's kind of, 
you know, it's hard to part with some of the stuff where you're like, oh, I might need that some days, but also then you find stuff like where it's, well, there's a nostalgia factor to keeping this around, but it's definitely not something that's useful anymore. Like your thousand firewire cables? Yes, exactly. Uh, I have so many Ethernet cables. And it's like, oh, I, hey, I still have a thousand firewire hard drives. So uh, someday I'm going to clean those hard drives off. That That's is... why my Drobo is still is still a firewire. I have it connected to an old um, MacBook Pro with a firewire connection. One of these moments, <laughs> I am going to have to try and boot up my uh, my Power Mac G3 and uh, see if I can get because I know there are files on there that aren't on aren't anyplace else uh and i'm probably just gonna pull the drive i think we talked about this briefly last week yeah we did yeah yeah yeah. and there's been some discussion of that in the in the slack channel like converting old files and right right about that yeah the answer is if you haven't looked at it in 20 years you probably don't need it anymore (laughs) just burn the machine that's right that's right set it all on fire yeah that's the answer uh, you know, I also have like the stack of like uh, somewhat aspirational peripherals. Like at one point, I bought um, there's a company called Neat that makes a document scanner. And actually, a friend of mine used to work there. Uh, and uh, it's essentially, you know, it was like a like a feed scanner. And the whole point was like, oh, get all your when you get your bills and your receipts and whatever thing, just feed them through, and it automatically like scans them into like a database for you. And I really thought like, yeah, I'm gonna digitize all my paper stuff. I had like 10 things in the database. <laughs> <laughs> Young and foolish. Yep. Uh, it is in, I have a bin now of old electronic stuff that needs to go to the uh, electronics e-waste recycling. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. Because there we have one locally, like the local dump takes some stuff. But in the past, I've gone there and they've been like, we won't take anything that has a battery in it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that reduces your usefulness. <laughs> Yeah, getting recycling stuff has gotten harder here. Uh, we used to be able to take basically anything to Goodwill, and Goodwill was somehow like, even if things were broken, mm-hmm. um, they would take it, and I don't know what they were they doing They probably with threw it, it out <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> they ended up taking it. Well, my understanding was that they were like somehow licensed to do recycling, um, and I, I mean, I'm assuming they weren't. none of it was being done here, but the recycling situation in other countries has gotten so yes. difficult that they, you know, I think these countries no longer want to do it. Because, because they're no longer allowed to employ the children to take yeah. exactly the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. no longer. I mean, they, they've they've reached the point where their economies are improving to the point where their people don't want to do it either. So. I think eventually we're going to start doing it again. I I think the only, honestly, the best option, at least for getting stuff out of your house, I can't speak to like where it goes down the road is like you Best Buy does take a lot of uh, e-waste stuff. Like I've ditched old monitors and old TVs and stuff there. Um, And in in our local one, they just literally have like bins where you just take stuff and and drop stuff. And so, you know. I've always assumed, like, well, at least it's out of my house at that point. <laughs> Sorry if that's still and causing they take, problems. They put it on a barge and they take it out of the ocean and dump yep. it. <laughs> yep, that's what the Mariana Trench is for. We're just, yep. that's a, yeah. There's this big crack in the earth, and we're just trying to fill it in, guys. Like, we're just we're trying mm-hmm. to make it level. We're trying to <laughs> smooth out the earth. That's right. Did you talk about the Sonos recycling mode? Thing? Oh no, oh no, I don't think we did. Yeah. Yeah, so they have a there's there's a mode you can set your Sonos to okay, n- when you're like ready to get rid of it, and you think, oh, what's this recycling mode? I'll set it to recycling mode because I'm getting rid of my Sonos. Well, if your Sonos still works, you don't want to reset it to recycling mode because recycling mode basically bricks it. Right. Well, okay. So the it turns out as usual that this story was it's 
not great, but it's not as bad as it sounds. Essentially, there are a small number of really old products that they are stopped supporting, where if you want to get a discount on buying a new product, you can essentially turn on this mode, which does brick it. Um, but you, it's kind of an exchange, right? Like, cause they don't want you to like, yeah, get so you're sending it back to them. Right. And the answer is if you yeah. have a Sonos device and a lot of these things are like eight to 10 years old and there's nothing mandatory about it. It's not like your device suddenly yeah. enters recycling mode. Uh, you know, it is a choice that you make, but I think there is a, there is a valid thing is like, why, you know, why do you have to recycle this thing? Like, why does it have to uh-huh. be deactivated? Well, and what, yeah, what are they doing with it? I mean, I assume they're just scrapping just it. Just going to trash it. Do you it actually when it, when send it, it in, or works? is the recycling mode just to stop it functioning? I think it stops it functioning. Uh, I don't remember if you... Uh, it definitely up. stops it functioning. I, I think there wasn't a sending in. I think it's just you put it in recycling mode, and that's it. Uh, deceased, and then you have to deal with it. Well, that, yeah, which I guess is why it's worse, yeah. because if you just had to turn it off and send it back to them, then that would be fine. Yeah, so... I mean, the question is really whether these things are still functional. I think the comment was something like it it wouldn't give the best impression of the product or something like that, which is why they didn't want people getting hand-me-downs. But Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't well, know. That's, which is dumb. Yeah. So I have exciting news. My Christmas present, my, one of my main Christmas presents, was a new power supply for my uh, Soundstick's original USB speakers, and they now work again. (laughs) So my 20-year-old Soundstick's um, are back to uh, factory condition. Wow. Nice. I will say, I mean, I have a pair of, uh, my computer speakers are a pair of Alltech Lansings that um, actually were Dan Frakes, my former colleague, sent me uh, because he used to review all the speaker systems. And then nobody ever wanted them back. So he's like, oh, you need, you need computer speakers? I'll send you some computer speakers. Um, and, I mean, they work fine. There, there's one that occasionally, like, loses a little connection and usually requires me to, like, unplug the mini jack from the back of the computer. Uh, I think because, like, when I use my desk between... When I raise it into stand mode sometimes, I think it's been tugging on the cable or something. But, you know, it's a, it's a mini jack cable that I could replace, replace pretty easily. And that's the thing is like my biggest complaint with them is they're very large and they take up a lot of desk space. And I have home pods next to them that I would love to use as computer speakers, but you can't use a stereo pair as a computer speaker for your Mac. Um, so I really have no rationale to get rid of them. But yeah, that's speakers. Mm. Honestly, it's pretty, they're pretty simple hardware. So there's no reason that they should stop working anytime soon. Yeah. Don't yeah. build brains right. into your speakers is, is the the moral yeah we get well we got hank a um we got hank a turntable for christmas um which was fun and it there were two models that they sold at target and one was with speakers and one was without speakers and we were doing this as a rush like it was like i don't think it was the day before christmas but i think it was like a couple of days before christmas and karen was the one who was at target and she was like you know does he need the speakers and i was like well i've got speakers downstairs if it just connects with regular speaker wire and she's like what's regular speaker wire and i said just get the one with the speakers (laughs) (laughs) and as it turned out it's just regular speaker wire and i could just use the ones that you know were in the basement but now we have another set of speakers that we don't need i mean my uh the the audio i have on my tv is an Onkyo receiver that I've had for uh, 25 years and just a pair of like bookshelf speakers that were my dad's mm-hmm. speakers from like our kitchen when I was growing up. And they work fine. Yeah. 
They're right. heavy as yeah, hell because well, they're like freaking yeah, metal. Speakers but yeah. will last, you know, last a long time. And I had the ones that came. You know, I bought a stereo when I was in high school, and they'll, you know, yeah, early this is 80s my and had those for thirty years before I got. Oh rid god, of them. my dad had his growing up for the longest time, and he just spent years thinking like, oh, I'll replace them, and it literally took him a decade to buy a new stereo system. Yeah. Like they say, you never own speakers; you just hold on to them for the next generation. <laughs> it's like it's like a parrot. <laughs> but I, you, you know, you have to set up some sort of scheme to tempt and <laughs> taking care of after you die. I will say the one downside to like my my receiver is like a it's you know it's just a stereo receiver, which is fine for the most part. The biggest problem I have with it is like I would I the idea of a center channel speaker that does dialogue really appeals to me because I find I have a harder and harder time making out dialogue. And the stereo say, loses it. This is how I know about subtitles. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing where it's like, oh, I do wish that there was the ability to just add a center channel on this. And the answer is, well, I might buy a sound bar at some point. Uh, who knows? But yeah, the uh, I do. I do have those like they're connected with regular old speaker wire like that isn't really, really long and plugged into the back. And there's literally one input that I use on my <laughs> on my stereo and yeah. just run everything through that. <laughs> I have some device that I got almost 20 years ago that is a USB sort of block that, and I think it has other interfaces as well, but it it does a lot of like splitting and stuff like that. And it's for, it was, you know, I got it at the time because I was like, (laughs) you must've been 20 years ago because I thought, well, I've got, I've got albums and cassette tapes. I'll convert them to MP3s. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do that? And so I I didn't use it that much, but every once in a while, there's a situation where I'm like, okay, I want to like hook up a set of speakers to do something weird and and the only ones i have sitting around are these ones that have speaker cable and it has those two those jacks in the back of it um so you can plug it into into a usb device you know into a usb port and then do um out to speakers with speaker wire yeah speaking of venerable peripherals by the way Mm, yes mm, mm. Uh, this episode of the rebound also brought to you by kensington the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. They're so easy to use, you can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug and play with no drivers. You can enjoy up to dual 4K displays with HDMI and display link video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. And the Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high volume manufacturing of hardware IT products plus rigorous test cycles and quality control means all their products are tested above industry standards if you are an IT decision maker and we know you are looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today visit kensington.com slash rebound right now to check out Kensington that's kensington.com slash rebound to learn more our thanks to Kensington for their support of the rebound so you're going to buy the Samsung robot, the little ball follows you around? What? What? No. What? You've not seen this? It's called Bully, and I'm not making that up. And <laughs> what? It is basic, it's basically... You, I'm you out! I quit! <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's like they should pay uh, people to come up with good names. But it is basically a camera ball robot that follows you around the house taking video of you wherever you go and i think what? this is a bad who idea. wants this google for it it's, it's true i didn't but make why? it up but although why? many I, of I, the ces I, products sound like they're made up i just want to know what the use case is like um well their use case and this is what it said was one of the things is it could go around your house and it could tell when say your kitchen floor needed cleaning and then tell your roomba to clean the floor oh my god no <laughs> 
It's like we, we've delegated it's, too much. It's a snitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snitches get stitches or bollies get yeah, exactly. wallies. I don't know. but Screw you, bolly. Uh, yeah. Also doesn't work with stairs, uh, much like Daleks. <laughs> It looks like a tennis ball. Does does BB-8 work with stairs? He does. I noticed he, he at could... several points in that in that movie, like B, there's like a convenient ramp for BB-8 to go up the side of the stairs. Well, droid accessibility is very important. Okay, it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, R2 could kind of walk downstairs, but then he, he I guess, because those jet R2 had thrusters. Yes, yeah, they, but they, they broke. Don't think, I don't think R2 really could. I think they, they just broke didn't show at it. some point and, in 20 years. Yeah, what happened to his? his no, they do power. show him go downstairs. They do show him go downstairs in uh, in in A New Hope. He goes down the docking bay where the Falcon is. It's in the side of the thing, but you can watch him very awkwardly making his way downstairs. Okay. <laughs> but yes. But I think in Force Awakens, uh, BB-8 uh, goes downstairs, but they don't show him going back upstairs. Mm, well, that would be much harder. Well, maybe he also has thrusters. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Actually, well, he's Shane, got that. Going to make any more of those films. He does have those um, like uh, uh, cables that he shoots out. In Force Awakens, yes. so maybe so he, he can sort of Spider Man yeah, his way he, around. He grappling hooks yeah, his way yeah. up. I'm glad we solved this problem, which is the most important mm-hmm. problem confronting technology today. I, I do not believe that Bolly has grappling hooks. He better not, because that makes that thing only more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's bad enough as it is. Yeah, I don't want something that tells me my house is dirty. I know my house is dirty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We got a Roomba, and I got to say, it really doesn't help that much. <laughs> I think we're. You ever seen a? You ever seen a rumor just sigh and give up? Yeah. <laughs> I was at my cousin's house over Christmas, and they have one, and they really like it. I briefly had a one that did a floor mopping. That was an old one that one of my friends was giving away. I was like, "Wow, I hate mopping. This sounds great." Uh, and it managed to wedge itself under a counter the first time I used it. <laughs> we yeah. we have one, the Brava, which I think might be similar, and it's actually pretty good. Um, it's, we had a Roomba ages ago, but its speaker was broken, so it couldn't tell us when there was a problem. <laughs> help, help. So it would just sort of sit there quietly, like, I can't I do have anything. no mouth, and I must scream. Yeah. That's the uh, the yeah. younger sibling Roomba. <laughs> Elder sibling Roomba? I don't know. I don't know the sibling dynamic. We, uh, I think maybe we, we just don't want to run it as much as it needs to be run. <laughs> in this place <laughs> this i just feel like most of my apartment is not laid out well for it and and yeah part of it is that's there's the some clutter thing. part of it there's like too much like switching between like oh carpet now hardwood now deep carpet uh you know mm-hmm. risers or like you know uh, uh whatchamacallit uh, uh, uh god i'm forgetting words already what do you call the thing between two rooms like on the doorway on the floor uh, threshold threshold yeah but like threshold. you know that it would yeah. have to get over i don't know it seems like right. the house i live in is very old and it's not designed for robots <laughs> most yeah. of the the ces stories i saw were dumb robot stories there was like another one which was literally <laughs> was another stupid this, robot <laughs> well it was a robot that brought you toilet paper but this was brought to you by the Charmin people and it wasn't actually going to be a product so it was basically good news was, people it's stupid robots all the way down <laughs> Uh, oh, and the other one, there was an angry cat robot that served food in restaurants. And it's like, mm-hmm. <sighs> I, you Just know, stop. CS has, has exceeded its usefulness uh, by I, about 10 uh, years. Yeah. Does Bali tell the robot that you need toilet paper? Is that how that works? Cause I don't... Yeah, because Bali just comes into the toilet and sits and watches you. And... <laughs> 
Did you see the, um, speaking of terrible things, I saw my... That's why I had a kid. <laughs> I saw my friend, uh, Heather Kelly, who uh, works at the Washington Post, was there, and she, in one of her Instagram posts, she was wearing this weird, like, clear thing over her mouth, and I just found the story on it, Atmos Facewear. It's essentially a personal air purifier thing. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Well, good news, and, and with climate change and everything on fire, you're going to need one. Yeah, the good news is it, they, it yeah. also costs $350. Do they make one for koalas? <laughs> it costs $350. By comparison, apparently, <laughs> a uh, standard mask that has, like, the most, you know, the certification necessary goes for around $15. Um, so, good thing that we are capitalizing on <laughs> the terrible things that are happening in this world. Thank, thanks very much. Yeah, who thought Mad Max would be so prophetic? But apparently so. <laughs> but not the good one. It's a one. documentary. <laughs> Mad Max. Not that when does when does Charlize Theron come and save all of us? <laughs> yeah, right. Because I'm here for that part. I would like to sign up for that if that's an option. <laughs> it's not available for another hundred years. You, you can have a robot Charlize Theron at CES yeah. next year. Unfortunately, Charlie's there and is just followed around by a little ball robot that keeps pointing out that the earth is burning. <laughs> burning, burning, burning over here, burning, burning. No, thank you. That face mask just looks like it's a visor that slipped. <laughs> it's yeah, a, yeah, right. It's a uh, it's a VR headset that slipped off for your mouth. <laughs> VR for your mouth. <laughs> VR for your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual tasteality. <laughs> <sighs>